Uh, this is from uh, the Gospel according to John, verse, uh, t- John 20, verses 10 to 18. And it's from the NIV. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw the two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realise that Jesus was there. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me. For I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, and to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Amen. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you this morning for your word and we thank you for that record of your resurrection. And we pray that as we look into that encounter that Mary Magdalene had, that we too might have a similar encounter with the risen Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. In case you hadn't realised, it is... uh, Resurrection Sunday, it's Resurrection Day, when we celebrate together the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. And people do silly things, don't they, on uh, Resurrection Sunday? Uh, Like uh, having a service at 6.15 in the morning. Whose idea was that? If I can, you know, I've been here seven years now, still haven't found out. Whose idea was that, having a, an early morning Easter Sunday? No one, no one admit to it. No one admit to uh, actually thinking that up. But it was, I'm always amazed at how many people actually come. We had over 50 people there this morning from uh, the free churches, which was great. And uh, we celebrated together. And uh, this morning we're going to be, uh, we're looking at a resurrection story. Uh, because it is resurrection day. And uh, the Gospel of John, John tells us the Easter story of Mary Magdalene. The other Gospel writers talk about uh, the women going to the tomb early on a Sunday morning. But John homes in just on one person, on Mary Magdalene. Uh, Mary Magdalene was one of uh, Jesus' close uh, followers. There was a group of women that followed Jesus around and supported him and helped him and were very much part of uh, his ministry. She was there at the crucifixion. Uh, we know a little bit about Mary Magdalene's story. We know that from uh, Luke's gospel uh, that she had been healed uh, by Jesus uh, from demon possession. There's lots of extra biblical stuff written about Mary Magdalene, which is uh, 
really kind of fabrication and, and made up stories about sometimes people get confused between Mary Magdalene and the, the sinful woman that uh, anointed Jesus and there's a lot of misunderstanding but what we do know about Mary Magdalene uh, is that she was very close to Jesus that she followed him that she was there at the cross and she was the first person there on early Sunday morning that she went to the tomb early on the first day of the week while it was still dark Mary Magdalene went to the tomb um, she found that the tomb was empty and the stone had been rolled away and she rushed back uh, to tell the other disciples and Peter and John come racing to the tomb and, uh, and they look in and uh, they see that it's empty as well. Uh, they, they won't take Mary's word for it. Have you, have you noticed in, in the resurrection story, what I really like about the resurrection story is nobody believes anything that's said. Uh, Mary goes to tell the disciples, they don't believe it, they come to look for themselves, they look in the tomb and see that the tomb's empty, and okay, we, we, we realise that you were right. And, and all through the, the resurrection stories, nobody believes anything. Is, is it any wonder that people today struggle uh, to believe the resurrection, uh, when the people that were there struggled to believe it, because it was a, an impossibility. People that died stayed dead uh, on the whole, I know Jesus had reason uh, one or two people, well three people I think actually, uh, but it was unusual for people who died to come back to life. And so Mary went to the tomb that morning and she was expecting to just, uh, you know, put some uh, uh, things on, on the body and to, to do some things to, to, that they did for burial preparation and stuff. Uh, she certainly wasn't expecting to find uh, an empty tomb. And then the disciples went back to their homes, uh, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And uh, certainly in this resurrection story, crying, weeping, it's mentioned four times in, in those short verses that we read. And uh, that's the first thing that I want to say, that Mary was weeping. And obviously she had lost somebody very dear to her. Um, even though they'd gone to the tomb and found the tomb empty and... Uh, she still didn't, she was still confused and she was still mourning and grieving the loss of a loved one. It was quite a, a natural response, that's what happened. Even Jesus uh, wept. Interesting, isn't it, that Jesus, uh, when he heard the news that Lazarus, his friend, was dead, he wept, even though he knew he was going to bring him back to life. He goes through that grieving encounter. And so Mary was weeping. And, uh, and then comes an interesting bit. Uh, she peers into the tomb, like John did. She peers into the tomb, but she sees something that John didn't see. Because they'd gone away. Have you ever done that? You know, you've been somewhere, and you've left early, and you've missed out on something. Has that ever happened to you? Maybe you've been to a football match, and you've gone ten minutes before the end, and you've missed all the excitement, or you've gone somewhere, and uh, you've been called away. Well, the disciples went away, and they missed what Mary saw. Because as she, as she wept, she's still weeping, she bent over into the tomb, and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been. One at the head and the other at the foot. Now, that's not normal, is it? That's not what you kind of experience every day. She'd gone to the tomb expecting to find Jesus' dead body. The tomb was empty. That was, a, that was surprise number one. The tomb was empty. She'd rushed home and told the disciples. The disciples come back to check out the story. Yes, the tomb's empty. They'd gone off home. Do, I don't know what to do. Perhaps they'd gone for breakfast, whatever. She peers into the tomb and there was two angels there. We tend to associate angels with the Christmas story, don't we, more than the Easter story. But there's two angels sat there. And John gives us great detail. 
uh, two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. Interesting little details. Uh, Mary doesn't seem quite as surprised as I am. I don't know why. Maybe it was the shock of grief. Um, but she was weeping. She was grieving. And uh, maybe she thought she was seeing things. Then they, they, they speak to her. They ask her, woman, why are you crying? Uh, stupid questions are part of the resurrection story. Stupid questions. Her best friend has just died. And the angels say, why are you crying? And I, you think, that you, if I'd have been Mary, I'd have said, duh, why do you think I'm crying? But Mary doesn't because she's not like that. Uh, they ask her, woman, why are you crying? Mary doesn't say, well, I wasn't expecting to see two angels in the tomb, actually. I was, I was coming to embalm Jesus' body. Uh, she says, uh, they have taken my Lord away. And I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned round. It's another surprise. Full of surprises, Easter story, isn't it? You know, she goes to the tomb. The tomb's empty. She calls the disciples. The disciples come, check the tomb's empty. They go away. She looks in the tomb. There's angels there. Uh, she's just having a conversation with angels. Suddenly, somebody else appears behind her. Uh, it was Jesus standing there. But she did not realise that it was Jesus. She did not realise it was Jesus. God meets us when and where we least expect it. Mary went to the tomb not expecting to meet the Jesus that was alive. She was expecting to, to meet the Jesus that was dead. And sometimes, you know, Jesus meets us in, in places and in situations where we're just not expecting it. We're not looking for it. We're not, we're not thinking that God is going to meet us. And he meets us and we encounter him. I don't know if that's true for you, but sometimes, you know, you go to places and you're expecting to have an encounter with God and maybe you have it or maybe you don't. But other times you're not really expecting it and we're caught by surprise and we're suddenly aware of the presence of God. And he meets us and he, and uh, not only when we least expect it, but in ways we don't often recognise at first. Have you ever had that situation where you haven't realised maybe God was speaking to you and it's only after that it all makes sense? It's only afterwards that it kind of makes sense. So God meets us when and where we least expect it in ways we often don't recognise at first. Woman, he said, this is Jesus speaking. Um, maybe he's been listening to the angels, I don't know. But he says, why are you crying? Even Jesus, I don't know if I can say this, but even Jesus asks silly questions. Who are you looking for? Easter questions. Why are you weeping? Uh, what do we weep about? Why are we weeping? You know, as I, as I read this encounter, this kind of, you know, women weeping. Uh, women are still weeping all over the world, aren't they? Uh, how many women will be weeping this morning over the loss of of loved ones, of husbands and children that have been killed in, in bombs that have been dropped or war zones. How many, how many mothers will be weeping because their, their sons have gone off to fight in a, in a war that they don't understand? How many mothers will be weeping because, uh, their children have gone astray and they don't know what's happening? Uh, why are you weeping? And uh, the good news is that God hears our cries and listens to our sorrows because Jesus doesn't straight away say, it's me, I'm back, I'm alive. Uh, he kind of goes with the weeping thing, which I kind of like uh, because it means that Jesus recognises 
Mary's grief, even though she's going to, it's going to be turned to joy. Um, he, he, he meets her in a grief. And he hears her cries and listens to her sorrow. Uh, but Mary wasn't only weeping, Mary was seeking. See where we're going here, we've got weeping and seeking. Uh, Mary was seeking. Uh, woman, he said, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Now you might say, I wouldn't say, that's another silly question, isn't it? Another silly question. She's come to the tomb, Jesus isn't there. It was empty, she went and got the disciples, they had checked, he's definitely not there. Next minute, there's angels in the tomb. Uh, she is looking for Jesus, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? Have you noticed Jesus? That's what he seems to do, he asks people's questions. He seems to ask more questions than he gives answers, I don't know if he worked that one out. Uh, do you remember the story of Job? We love the story of Job, don't we? You know, Job went through all those sufferings and trials and he finally gets his encounter with God. And what does God do? He asks him loads of questions. <laughs> it seems to be a God-Jesus thing. They seem to ask questions of us. You know, we think we're going to ask questions of God. You know, when I get to meet with God, I'm going to ask him this, I'm going to ask him that. I'm going to tell him what I think. Uh, maybe Jesus and God have got questions that they will ask us. Who are you looking for? Easter questions. Who are you seeking? Have you come here this morning? Uh, are you seeking Jesus? Are you looking for Jesus? Are you looking for God? Are you desperate for an encounter uh, with the risen Jesus? Maybe things have happened in your life. Maybe things have gone wrong and you long for that encounter of God to know that God is actually with you. Maybe you feel like, like Mary. Maybe you feel that everything is lost that everything's gone, that all your hopes have, have died on the cross with Jesus and you're seeking, you're searching, you're looking. Lots of people in our world are searching, they're seeking, they're looking for answers, they're looking for reasons, they're looking for answers to questions and we have them, we have them. Who are you seeking? Jesus did say in one of the Gospels, you know, seek and you will find. Uh, knock and the door will be open to you. <clears throat> Uh, if we seek Jesus, we will find him. Jesus asks, who are you looking for? Not what are you looking for, who? Who are you looking for? Not what are you looking for? And uh, lots of people think they're looking for something when actually they're looking for somebody. Lots of people recognize there's something, they say, no, there's something missing in my life. Actually, it's somebody. It's not something, it's somebody that's missing in lots of people's lives. Mary was seeking Thinking he was the gardener. Thinking he was the gardener. Did Jesus have the look of a gardener? Maybe it's just because he was in the garden. I don't know. Uh, you ever been mistaken for somebody? I was in the Trafford Centre once and, <clears throat> and somebody was absolutely convinced that I was one of the Chuckle Brothers. <laughs> absolutely convinced. I told the woman I wasn't. She still wanted my autograph. I said, I'm not Chuckle Brothers. It's not me. It's not me. To you, to me, to you. <laughs> it would have been easy just to sign it and do a bit of to you, to me, but uh, hey-ho. But she didn't recognise, she didn't recognise. Sir, if you have, this is where it gets really ridiculous, isn't it? Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. How's she going to go and get him? Don't we, don't we say some ridiculous things sometimes? In the moment of grief and, uh, and loss and sorrow, sometimes we come out with silly things and that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. She thought he was a gardener. And then there comes the moment. That moment of recognition. And it comes when 
Jesus says her name. Jesus said to her, Mary. And in an instant, she knows. She knows. It's Jesus. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic. What had she been speaking before? Japanese. Interesting little, little thing there, isn't it? John puts in there, she says, she cries out in Aramaic. Rabbanai, which means teacher. She knew his voice. He knew her name. She knew his voice and he knew her name. Do you recognize God's voice when he's speaking to you? Do you know God's voice? Do you hear it? But I'll tell you what. You can be absolutely assured God knows your name. He knows everything about you. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He knows every detail about you. And he loves you and he sent his son to die for you so that you could come into a relationship with him. Mary knew her voice. Jesus knew her name. Mary was seeking and she found what she was looking for. Have you found what you're looking for? Or as somebody once said or sang, have you still not found what you're looking for? Lots of people in that situation that they're seeking but they haven't found. And they're frustrated. And they haven't found them. They look here and they look, very often they look in the wrong place. In, in, in Luke's gospel, uh, they say, you know, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Very often people are looking in the wrong place. Mary went to the right place and she found what she was looking for. Mary was seeking. And then Mary was keeping. And you're thinking, what was Mary keeping? I'm not going to keep it a secret. Mary was keeping. She wanted to cling on to Jesus. And you can understand why. Why wouldn't you? She thought he was dead, now he's alive. Uh, You would cling on to Jesus. Who wouldn't cling on to Jesus? But Jesus said, do not hold on to me. For I have not yet returned to the Father. Do not hold on to me. Uh, Mary, having discovered the truth and the reality that Jesus was alive, she wanted to hold on to Jesus. And Jesus said to her, basically, you need to let go. You mustn't keep hold of me. And I wonder what or who are we keeping holding on to that we need to let go? Are we holding on to things or to people that really we need to let go. Jesus says to Mary to let go because if she doesn't let go, she can't do what Jesus wants her to do. If she stays with Jesus and clings on to Jesus, she cannot do what she has to do and what God wants her to do and what Jesus wants her to do. Because Jesus has got work for her. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Go and tell Mary is a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus. And the commandment to followers of Jesus is to go and tell. That's what Jesus will tell them after he's uh, met them and, and risen and when, and he's spent 40 days with them and he ascends. The last things he, he's, he will say to them on earth is to go and tell everybody. Disciples go and they tell. That's what we we're called to do, to go and to tell. So Mary was, she was weeping Mary was seeking, she was keeping, and now Mary was speaking. 
She goes back to the disciples. She did a lot of coming and going, didn't she? She's been to the tomb. She's gone back and got the disciples, come back to the tomb, and now she's got to go back to the disciples. I was a bit like this morning. I came down here at quarter to six. I went into my office. I got my stuff. I went up to the, to the, uh, to the, the hill, all the way to the service, and Rod turned around to me and said, have you got the bread? Oh, it's in my office. Came all the way back down the hill, went into my office, back up the hill, got the bread. That's why I'm exhausted. And Mary probably felt the same because she'd been going back and forward all this time and she's back with the disciples now. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I've seen the Lord and she told them that he had said these things to her. Mary was a good disciple, wasn't she? Because she does what Jesus asked. Although she wanted to hold on to Jesus and stay in that moment. And sometimes that's what we do, don't we? We have wonderful moments of God and we want to stay in them. We don't want to go away and actually do what God wants to do, want to stay in that moment and live in that moment forever. And we can't, because there's work that God has for us to do. He wants us, like Mary, to go and to tell the brilliant news that Jesus is alive. And that's what Mary Magdalene does. The mourner becomes the missionary. The mourner becomes the missionary, because she goes and she tells Mary was speaking. And so that's our resurrection story of Mary Magdalene. Mary was weeping and maybe this morning you've come here and in your hearts you're weeping. uh, Because of loss, because of sadness, because of sorrow, because of grief. And it's okay to weep, it's okay. It's okay, in fact it's good for us to weep and to allow that emotion. And remember that Jesus comes alongside And he draws attention to the weeping, just as the angels did. And he allows that moment of weeping. He doesn't say, stop crying. He says, why are you crying? He doesn't say, stop crying. And then Mary was seeking. She was looking for Jesus and she found him. And if we're seeking this morning, we can find the risen Jesus. The interesting thing is Mary's looking for Jesus, but Jesus was looking for her. And God is looking for us in Jesus. That's why he came, because he's looking for us and he wants us to enter into that relationship. Mary was weeping, Mary was seeking, Mary was keeping. She was holding on to things and she had to let go. And then, of course, Mary was speaking and she tells. And that's our job, to go from this place and to say, we can say like Mary did on that first resurrection morning, I've seen the Lord, he is risen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this resurrection story. We thank you for this resurrection encounter. And uh, we pray that we can be faithful disciples like Mary and the other disciples who encounter you for ourselves, but then take that wonderful news to others and tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. And we pray this morning, especially for those who are weeping, And we think of mothers who are weeping the loss of their children, their husbands, their loved ones. We think of mothers all over the world who will be weeping this morning because they can't feed their children, because they can't home their children, or because their children are no longer with them. Lord, would you come alongside them just as you came alongside Mary Magdalene in their weeping? And we pray, Lord, for those who are seeking. We pray those who are searching for you. Those who are searching for a reason and meaning in their life. May they find it in you. And we pray for those 
who are keeping hold of things that they need to let go of. Help them to let go and to move on. And we pray for those who are speaking today the good news of Jesus Christ. We pray that there may might be a response to the gospel and that many people might come to faith because they have discovered, like Mary, that you're not dead, that you are alive and alive forevermore. In the name of the risen Jesus Christ, we pray together. Amen.